Welcome to Genius Time, a community committed to bringing you the tools to help change your life and unlock your human potential. I'm your host, Kenny Lowe, and thank you for joining me. On this week's episode, I wanted to talk about three formulas I found extremely helpful in my personal development. So the first is thoughts, actions, and circumstances. So it's taken from James Allen's As a Man Thinketh, where he describes our thoughts rapidly crystallize into our actions and our actions solidify into our circumstances. So what does that mean? Well, life is a residual. We often don't see the immediate impact or outcome of our behaviors or our actions. There's, there's that residual, there's that time lapse where, you know, fortunately there is that time lapse. So we don't see the immediate negative out, outcomes or uh, immediate negative impacts of, of behaviors. So what does, that, what does that look like? In our health and our fitness, we don't find ourselves out of shape or overweight because of one large meal or overeating one day or one dessert. It's a residual. It's a residual of things not being in balance. We find ourselves afflicted by illness or being overweight because there's something in our four pillars of health that has been out of balance for a period of time. So our nutrition or our sleep or our movement, our relaxation, something's been out of balance. And over time, the residual effects of that are the, the negative circumstances of illness or being overweight. So the same thing with our finances. We don't find ourselves broke or without a good income or without savings because of like one, you know, one bender on Amazon Prime. Um, we find ourselves in that situation because we've had residual habits of overspending or spending outside of our means, living outside of our means, spending more than we earn. Those type of negative habits, those those are the actions that you know, so perhaps the thought is, well, you know, I, well, I have a good job, so I'll just pay it off later. So that thought leads to an action of purchasing things maybe that we don't need. And that action, continued action over time leads to circumstances that may be undesirable. So the flip side could be true, right? So maybe your finances are squared away because you've had a thought of, you know, I need to be planning for the future. So what does that lead to your actions? Your your actions have led to investments or, um, you know, getting assets that compound over time. So perhaps your finances are all squared away because of your circumstances are all favorable because your past thoughts led to positive actions which solidified into good circumstances. So I found it helpful to assess my current circumstances. And if they're not where I would like them to be, if it's not, if it's not where I like it, I don't beat myself up over it. I just simply course correct. So I figure out what in my thinking has gone awry, what what actions or habits have I developed because of my thinking that have helped influence or create these circumstances that I'm currently unhappy with. So that's kind of how I attack that and, and deconstruct that or reverse engineer it. And if I'm satisfied with something, then yes, continue on with that path. You know, maybe my my thinking has led to positive actions. And my positive actions have led to circumstances that I'm comfortable with. So as long as I'm still comfortable with it, I continue down that path. So let's jump into the second um, formula that I found extremely helpful. So I took this from Jack Canfield. I was fortunate enough to see Jack Canfield earlier this year in Portland, Oregon at a, at a one-day seminar. But he uses the formula E plus R equals O. And so if you've heard him before, you've probably heard him go into this talk, but it's events plus our response or reaction to those events 
equals our outcomes. And I remember going back like almost 10 years, I was working at a nonprofit shelter and I was managing the shelter and I was really kind of just not satisfied with the outcomes we were seeing with our clients. I was really trying to have bigger impact than just getting people moved out of emergency or transitional shelter into apartments just to have them re-enter our doors because we really hadn't solved their the root cause of their homelessness. So I took it upon myself to develop a curriculum and, and dive into some of this literature and share some of these tools and tips with the clients. So I created a class. I wasn't calling it like job skills class. I just straight up called it careers where I was thinking we got to get our folks thinking more so outside of the box, thinking bigger than just getting a job and, and identifying what their giftedness is and moving them into careers. So in that class, I showed a clip of Jack Canfield talking about this and he said, E plus R equals O. So I broke it down for the class and I said, you know, there's only one of these um, parts of the formula that we truly control and it's our, we don't control our events but we can definitely control our reaction to events and that influences our outcomes. And when I said that, the very first time I tried to teach that to somebody, a lady said, you know, I really do believe our outcomes are directly attributed to our reaction or our response to those events. So we could say E plus R equals O and we do control not only the R, but we control the O, not only the reaction, but our outcomes based on our reactions. So I really liked her take on that. She was kind of, you know, the the wise elder, the the mother, um, kind of mother figure in the women's dorm at the time. And so that really resonated with me. So I've 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 really adopted that thinking. But in the ten years since that point, some ten years later, I've come to really see that not only can we control our reaction to events, which often determines our outcomes but when you're living in flow when you're living in alignment and when you're so focused on the mission and the vision at hand so much so that everything else becomes irrelevant I've noticed that you will even start to see and observe some level of control you have over the events that happen in your life so and maybe control isn't the right word because we there's obviously circumstances that we can't control completely but you will really start to see those synchronicities. You'll start becoming a creator of your life. You know, you'll, you'll feel like you have the pen in your hand and you're able to write your own story and influence those events. And when you're doing that, right, it's a, it's a uphill, it's, it, it no longer feels like it's uphill battle. It's kind of like you're spiraling up. You're climbing up the rings of the ladder. It's that upward mobility. So if you feel like you can influence or, or create the events in your life, and then you can definitely control your reaction to those events, that's going to create really favorable outcomes. And so I've seen this play out in my life many, many times. I've seen it for good and I've seen it for bad, right? So there's, I've had professional moments that have been very, very difficult working at different jobs and in, in careers where, you know, I felt like, you know, some of these circumstances that were just beyond me, life was happening to me. And, you know, I got stuck in that thinking, like, I can't control this event, but maybe I can just do my best to control my reaction to this event. You know, times where, you know, management and as a being a part of a leadership team, where I felt like, you know, leaders were against me, I felt like I was just doing the right thing, trying to advocate for the people I was serving. And, you know, I had like some of the most important people in the organization really coming down on me, really like, you know, almost personally attacking me. 
And so my reaction to that could have been taking that very personal, could have been, you know, shrinking back away from the conflict and, you know, leaving the organization or just conceding to a perspective that I didn't really think was serving our clients well. But I kind of stood firm. I I took, you know, my reaction was to really analyze, you know, is there something I should do differently? You know, I just kind of withdrew and pulled back from the conflict aspect of it and just kept my head down and proved my worth with my work and proved my competency in my work. And before you know it, as a result of like really controlling my reaction to those events, you know, I found myself getting promoted. I found myself, you know, as a part of the leadership management team within the organization, because not only maybe my peers didn't see my vision, maybe they didn't quite understand, but people at different pay grades, people at you know much higher pay grades saw my value, saw my worth, and started promoting me into their circle of influence. And so that really, you know, that really created great outcomes from what was pretty strenuous situations, you know, being called disruptive. And then, you know, my reaction to that at first was kind of like, well, you know, I I felt really isolated and and picked on and felt like whole teams were against me. But I later embraced it because, you know, I just really soul searched. And I was like, you know, this is the right thing to do. I am advocating for, I'm advocating for vulnerable populations that need this voice heard at the table. So it ended up, you know, just feeling right to me. And lo and behold, the outcome was very favorable because I just kept cool and I kept showing, you know, I was competent in what I was doing and what I was saying. And I had I had the people that I was intending to serve, I had their best interests in mind. So lo and behold, circumstances worked out and, you know, I, I ascended into a, a management and leadership position within the organization. So that is a perfect example for me of events that, you know, perhaps weren't favorable and then controlling your reaction to those events and then creating outcomes that were not only good for me as an individual, as a professional, but ultimately good for the organization and good for the individuals that we served. So the third formula is going to take a little bit of time, and I'm sure that you'll probably hear me talk about these in future episodes, but the third formula is kind of a tricky one. This one is kind of it it's tackling the four levels of existence. So we start with being, feeling, thinking and doing. So this these are uh the four levels of existence like I said, but oftentimes people are living out of alignment and having these in complete reverse order. So what am I talking about here? So the four levels of existence again, being, feeling, thinking and doing. More often than not, I can just kind of describe it in terms of different personality types, different type of behaviors, and perhaps you'll you'll understand if I say this. So, you know, we have people living out of alignment where all they're doing is literally staying busy. They're they're too busy in that um, level of existence of doing. Those are like our busy bees. You know, they're they're always doing. Their level of existence is you know starting completely backwards. I'm sure everybody knows some of these folks. But really, they're just, you know, they're actually, they're actually starting their whole level of existence out of balance backwards because they're spending all of their time doing. They're rarely thinking about the work they do. You know, they're, they're doing, staying busy creates their, 
their level of emotions and their feelings about that. So oftentimes they're burned out or they're feeling overworked or, or, you know, just unfulfilled in their work because they're so busy. And those are like the busy bees, right? So then the next tier of folks that we have that are still not kind of having things in a, in a, the right level of existence, the right balance are what I call our overthinkers. So those are the folks that are stuck in the thinking level of existence. So our overthinkers, you know, they, they perhaps it's from inaction that they have too much time on their hands, or perhaps it's from too much action, like our, our busy bees, but perhaps they have too much action, they're, they're too busy doing, and they really aren't spending time thinking or reflecting on what it is they're doing. So again, they have things out of sync, and so that creates kind of a chaotic state of being where people are unhappy and they just don't really feel, you know, their their emotions, their their busyness is really driving their feelings. So they're so busy, they're feeling overworked, they're feeling maybe underappreciated, or they're just feeling stressed out and tired. So it's creating just kind of an unstable state of being. The next group of folks I, I have is kind of like the worried sick population. So those are, it's closely related to the overthinkers, but the worried sick folks are trapped in feelings. So they're trapped in the level of existence where, you know, every sway of emotion, every feeling is kind of a big deal. And so, you're, you know, you to me, I always envision kind of a helium balloon. And when you let go of a helium balloon and it's windy outside, it starts floating up, but really it's subject to whatever way the wind is blowing. That's the folks to me that are really kind of on that worried sick or emotional case where their level of existence is they're so easily swayed by by whatever way the wind is blowing. So if they had a good day at work, then their their emotions are elevated and they're happy. If they've had a bad day, then you know they're down in the dumps and, and it's hard to pull them out. So it's that creates again uh, a a level of imbalance in their level of being or their existence, and it's all because they're stuck too heavily in these emotions. So the kind of the the accurate foundation, the accurate way I want people to think about it is really a platform of being, feeling, thinking, and then doing, and. I've heard people discuss like, you know, the problem with the world today is our enlightened folk, our spiritual community gets stuck in this level of being where, you know, they're stuck in introspection and they're soul searching and they're finding the meaning of life and, um, but they never take action upon that. So they never get out of that introspective, like, you know, contemplative stage where they're just diving deep soul searching they never turn that into meaningful action and so i heard somebody say the world needs more people who will take action from that level of being um a great quote i you know i don't remember it word for word but it's it's something along the lines of the level of consciousness from which our work arises determines the quality of our work so he um it was eckhart tolle that said doing is required but our doing is in direct relationship to the quality or the the level of consciousness from which it arises and i see that so true in in the work that i do or the work i see in the community when people have a sound being you know when people begin at being and they're they recognize that we are human beings first right so that is the foundation to build upon it is recognizing that at our being, we are interconnected with all of life. 
So from that being the, the, the solid foundation, and then we start arising these elevated emotions of love, of gratitude, of, of compassion, um, forgiveness. Uh, you know, there was a study that talked about people's vertical jumps were higher after they were taught to forgive, like literally releasing the baggage of resentments, and they were able to jump higher. Um, people that were taught to forgive perceived hills when they were walking, perceived hills as less steep. So it's that baggage of resentments just, you know, people hold on to. When we can free ourselves from that, that's an elevated emotion. So we we begin with being, and then we feel those feelings of elevated emotions. And that is where our thoughts should spring forth from. So then our thoughts arise from those elevated emotions and, and those feelings of gratitude and compassion and interconnectedness. And that is when we then venture out into the world and do. And that is from the level of, that is the level of the quality that we are looking for in the doing. When we get out into our jobs and we get out into our households and our families, our doing is is directly related to the level of consciousness from which it arises. So if if our doing is arising from, you know, poor thinking or inaccurate thinking and negative emotions, we're going to see negative outcomes from the work we're the work being done. So that formula, you know, I'm sure I'll I'll kind of hone that in and I'll talk about it in future episodes. But if we can think of ourselves as human beings, and that is the platform, that is the bottom level of the pyramid, our being then rises up to our feelings and our feelings come out of, our elevated emotions come out of a sound state of being. And then from that, you know, we start getting inspired thought. And with those inspired thoughts, we take inspired action. And that's the doing. So it's being, feeling, thinking, doing. That's the kind of order, the sequence of events, the the order of our existence that oftentimes people are are completely backwards. You know, they're so busy doing without thinking and then they're subject to feelings, uh, the emotions that come with being overworked or just doing too much and then that is their their state of being which is often chaotic. So I hope some of that made sense to you guys. Um, Again, I can reflect on all this. So the first formula was our thoughts create our actions or habits. And our actions and habits create our circumstances. So thoughts create our actions, and our actions create our circumstances. Um, sometimes people say we create our habits, and then our habits create us. So um, that's another way of thinking about that same same sequence of events. But our, our really does spring forth from our our level of thinking. So our thoughts create our actions, and our actions solidify into our circumstances. The second was our events. And our reactions to those events equal our outcomes. So E plus R equals O. Events and our reactions to those events create our outcomes. And then that final one was our being, feeling, thinking, doing. So the platform, if we think of it in terms of a pyramid, it's our level of being is is baseline. That's where we start. Everything arises from our level of being. And when we tap into... Are the true essence of, of who we are as individuals, as who we are as collective um, cells in a larger human organism, when we tap into that, those are only, we're only going to have feelings of elevated emotions. So I often say with my girlfriend, 
you know, go back to being or begin with being. When, you know, when you're feeling bad, you're feeling in a bad mood, you, you are gotten things out of, out of whack already. So we got to go back to being, begin at being, focus on the feelings, think about what you're thinking, and then don't forget doing. So it's being, feeling, thinking, doing. So there you have it. Those three formulas have been absolutely game-changing for me as I try to unlock my human potential. I'm extremely thankful you stuck around with me on today's journey. Remember, if anything resonated with you today, please feel free to do me a favor. Like, subscribe, leave a message or a review. Reviews actually have a chance to be featured on a future episode. So continue to engage with us, build the community, share this out on social media with hashtag genius time. Until then, I wish you the best and I look forward to talking with you soon.